0: Welcome to Beyond Lithium, the podcast that looks at the future of clean energy storage beyond the third element. I'm your host, Nate Kirchoffer. Today's guest is Russ Weed. Russ is the president of the consultancy firm Cleantech Strategies, which has clients including engineering, procurement, and construction firm Potelco, the energy storage program at Sandia National Laboratories, engineering and manufacturing company Hot Start, power market conference company Infocast, and the rails-based energy storage company Advanced Rail Energy Systems, also known as Ares, for which he is also the Chief Development Officer. Russ is also an advisor to our company, BioZen Batteries. Now, Russ and I had so much to talk about that I've broken the conversation into two episodes. In part one, which airs today, we'll discuss the recent Inflation Reduction Act and its impact on the evolving battery landscape. Let's dive in. Russ, welcome.
1: Thank you, Nate. Good to see you. Likewise. And hear you.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. I don't think our listeners will be able to see either of us, but at least they can hear us. So uh, I'd like to ask you about some hot news from the last couple of weeks the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, or IRA, and its investment in climate tech. And I'm curious what you think about how this changes the energy storage market. And maybe we could be a little more specific, like what are two primary ways that it impacts the development of alternative storage technologies in the U.S.?
1: All right, so I'll stick to two. Uh, The first is that uh, finally after more than a decade of effort by a a number of a a lot of people, it's been an ecosystem effort. We now have investment tax credit treatment of standalone energy storage. This is very significant. Uh, Until the IRA of 2022, um, in order to get an investment tax credit, and there's lots of ins and outs to the percentages and so forth, uh, you know depending upon the year and so forth up to a 30% tax credit on the capex of a project in order for storage to be part of that it it had to be charged with so-called green electrons you know solar wind a number of other qualified technologies so that really limited the uh, applicability uh, and the leverageability of the investment tax credit the itc and without getting into too many of the details, the production tax credit, the PTC. Now with the IRA, storage is an eligible technology. Uh, as are uh, microgrid controllers. So a shout out to Representative Panetta in uh, Monterey uh, County who championed the microgrid act a couple of years ago. And I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I gather uh, probably had some causation there for now microgrid controllers to also be an eligible asset and then certain qualified uh, uh, biogas uh, technology. So that's the really important thing of IRA is that standalone uh, energy storage is eligible for ITC. And then the second thing is the amount of funding uh, that is, is going towards storage uh, and ITC. Uh, I believe that something like $150 billion of the total uh, IRA uh, uh, appears to be allocated towards um, clean energy. And assuming a 30% uh, tax credit without getting into all the adders and subtractors, that means uh, investment tax credit, production tax credit support of $500 billion of projects.
0: That's That's that, an amazing windfall of, of funding that's great
1: that's a, that's a substantial amount of product of projects 500 billion dollars of projects now not to get a fat head here it is not market creating it's market stimulating it should accelerate the market just as the infrastructure bill should so those are the two things i'd point to uh, standalone treatment of energy storage for itc and the, the it is correct that this is the largest investment in climate that we have made through tax credits
0: got it and do you think that investment tax credit that itc does that make these projects more bankable is that the right way to think about it I, I, that word gets kind of thrown around it certainly does okay it certainly does
1: uh uh you know, an uh, up to 30 percent, and it could be even more than that if uh, if one meets the domestic content requirements. But I think that's getting into a level of detail that we don't want to here. You can actually get above 30 mm. uh, percent. That uh, will uh, uh, provide uh, bankability support uh, in a way that has not been available previously. And I assume most, if not all of your podcast listeners know that there has been such substantial support of many industries that are now mature. For example, a fossil fuel industry has received many tax credits over the years. Uh, And it's it's good to see that the United States which at certain times and certain places and so forth, uh, you couldn't use the phrase industrial policy because that was seen as too political or some, put some other words to it. Now it appears that the United States has figured out that it's smart to uh, utilize a variety of tools to encourage uh, uh Faster adoption of these technologies, because as I'm sure everyone in your podcast knows, we're behind. And I heard that first from a Nobel laureate uh, a couple years ago. And I I'm don't I'm have his Bob's last name in my head. He's from Stanford, uh, McLaughlin, I think. Uh, we're behind. Yeah. We need to speed up, and this will help speed us up.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, no, I and gosh, I feel like each of these questions I've asked, we could have like a whole podcast episode about But I want to, I want to move on to the next sure. thing, which yeah, I think. Big topics, right? big topics. Yeah. Big topic. Trying to keep it short and sweet. So it's easily digestible, but, um, so, so this is, this question relates to something you mentioned earlier. Um, and so to some extent, all energy storage technologies re- require some combination of stacks, DC power, electronics, pumps, moving parts, tanks, Fluid, electrolyte, and inverter, and this is certainly true for flow batteries, uh, which is what we work on here at BioZen. Um, so in, in view of the IRA, what we were just discussing and uh, you know its implications, where do you see the most possible disruption happening in the next five years?
1: So I actually don't see it in terms of disruption. I, I, I see it in terms of evolution. Now, do you have uh, events of punctuated evolution? Yes. Then we, we've had some of those and we need more of those. But actually, I see a, a, a progression that includes the humans getting better at short and then medium and then long and then seasonal. And I actually think it's going to proceed in that manner because I think the longer duration you get, the harder it is that to, uh, to have the business case and the, the technology isn't as far along and so forth you know i also work in the you, you made the comment about those key components are, are found often in many kinds of storage not all of course you know electromechanical for example um yeah, i work related to the electromechanical as well and and we need that to progress also in parallel and it, it's not as far as the short or the medium, and so we need more our more research, development, and demonstration funding towards the electromechanical, uh, because some of those are you know TRL one to three, but we need them. We need the ten to one hundred hours. Indeed. For call that resiliency, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's okay. That's interesting. So it's more of a linear progression almost, where incrementally you build up the capacity uh, both in terms of the humans and in terms of the uh, integral parts that we're talking about obviously you know like the electromechanical systems don't have fluid in them but they do have you know these moving parts and motors and and things that need to be optimized so yeah I think it's that's interesting
1: and every once in a while you have these 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 um, you know since I come from a flow battery background originally I'd like to use analogies like jumping valence states. But every once in a while, we jump valence states. Uh, I would say that happened with lithium. And because uh, of substantial investment, uh, m- mostly in Japan, but, by the way, right? Though the, the, uh, a lot of the lithium technology invention happened in the United, United States. I would, I, I believe I know people who know more than I do would say pretty much all of it. Uh, happened in the United States. Uh, you know, two two professors in particular, and a third one, as I recall, um, did a lot of the invention here. But the investment happened by Panasonic and Sony for consumer electronics, and that uh, certainly uh, helped lithium really jump up uh, in its its uh, its uh, cost and its, uh, its use. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, when I entered the energy storage industry in 2012, it was not yet clear what would be the new dominant energy storage technology because sodium sulfur had been dislodged because it had some issues. Uh, and then it wasn't clear what was gonna become dominant in the short duration area. Was it so-called advanced lead acid? Or would it be lithium? And uh, some colleagues uh, that I worked with said, it's going to be lithium because of the huge supply chain that they're building up first for cu- consumer electronics and then cars. So I, I would say we we had that valence st- uh, level jump in the short duration. Now we need it in the medium duration.
0: Got it. Yeah. And it. I, I think you make a really important point there that even if you know a technology is invented in the states, the United States, really what we're looking at is a global problem, right? So I mean, we need something that is scalable on a global stage, where you know it can be adopted elsewhere, because it is about saving the planet as much as it is as you know running a business, right? So it's it's a little bit of both, and I think that's a really excellent point.
1: We need emissions reduction. I, I, Bingo. I, I believe the. Uh... The percentage of people that varies from country to country who deny that we have an emissions problem is shrinking significantly.
0: Yeah, and I mean it makes sense, right? We, we, you know, we're still burning gas to manufacture our "quote unquote" renewable energy technology. Like, let so, I mean, let alone manufacturing the technology uh, with renewable energy. We can't even keep the lights on with renewable energy right now. So, certainly a lot of we're getting there. certainly and a lot of scaling to mention, to go back to IRA, the,
1: the objective there is and, and one can you know critique if it's, if it's realistic but just mentioning uh the goal of ira is to get the the us to reduce its emissions by 40 percent in eight years by wow. 2030 that's that's ambitious yeah ambitious and significant sure enough i don't think that's enough uh, to, to, for the U.S. to make the contribution that it needs to make, uh, in order to us not to uh, boil ourselves like frogs, and you know, we need China and India and other growing economies to uh, also have these technologies. That's a whole mm-hmm. other discussion, right? Technology transfer,
0: right? And and we can save. In. We can save that for a different episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, right now,
1: we need energy storage not to become like petroleum, where we're dependent on foreign sources. And we did go down that road on, with lithium, but it appears uh, some silver lining to some of the tough things that humanity has been going through the last several years. Um, one silver lining could be that we've, we've woken up to the need not to be dependent on foreign sources for energy storage, because it's so key. Uh, to getting renewables.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. We're ending part one of this extended discussion there for today. Tune in next time for part two, a more tactical conversation about the specific problems the battery market still needs to solve and how battery companies can and likely will go about solving them in the next three to five years. Again, I'm Nate Kirchoffer co-founder and CEO of BioZen Batteries, which produces this show. My guest was Russ Weed, founder and president of Cleantech Strategies and chief development officer of Ares. If you would like to interact more, you can send us an email at hello at biozenbatteries.com or leave us a voice message directly on our hosting site, which is called Anchor. Many thanks to Curtis Warden for the great theme music and Abe Mesrich for helping with all the little things behind the scenes. Be sure to join us next time on the Beyond Lithium podcast.